3: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au.
0: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.
2: Max Eclare from Chemist Warehouse for cold and flu relief. Get 30 tablets for just $6.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz.
4: This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. you <music>
5: Morning, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ Thursday, the second of June. I'm back home, missing the team up in Auckland. It was great to spend the last couple of days in the studios. Kempe, KTP,
0: Uncle. Oh, Paiyana, brother. I'm uh, enjoying the morning. I had a good sleep last night after our, our catch up with the wives on Tuesday night. Uh, Fresh as yeah. a daisy. Fresh as a daisy dag, brother. Fresh as a daisy dag. Awesome. Love the hoodie. Love the hoodie. Keep repping. I told you i will rep it, brother. Everywhere.
6: <laughs>
5: looks, looks good on Young. Looks good on Young. Oh, we've got a big show today. We're going to talk uh, some cricket shortly tonight, live on SCNZ, the coverage of the first test between England and New Zealand. Adam Collins will be leading the conversations and the core tonight, all the action. He'll join the show just after seven o'clock. Adam Collins coming on, leading into that first Test match, New Zealand versus England. Baz McCullum taking the helm for the English Test side with Ben Stokes, Joe Root. It's going to be a fascinating series. Looking forward to that. And after that, we're going to talk a bit of grassroots. It's Grassroots Thursday, and today we'll chat to Junior Williams, who was part of Eden Park, Eden Rugby Club, who celebrate their hundredth year as a club great occasion for them as a club so we're going to get him on to celebrate and uh, chat to him about the last uh, few years how they've been doing as a club and the celebration of a 100th year awesome awesome news for them and then following that today is a huge day for new zealand rugby as later today the silver lake steel goes to a vote where we learn the outcome of this arduous process Jim Kayes is a r- great rugby mind and he'll join our show just after eight to talk about uh, the big vote that will come up just after lunch, I'm pretty sure. We'll know more probably around two o'clock, which will be great to uh, get of an understanding. Not everyone's on the same page from what we're reading, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what comes out of the vote later today. So looking forward to chatting to Jim Kayes just after eight o'clock and, uh, and then we'll rip into a... A bit more of the last hour. There's big news overnight, um, but yeah, we're going to have a great show today. Give us a text on the temper post text machine throughout the morning. We love hearing from you. Double eight, double three. Remember, 640, Quizzy Dag, the chance for one of you to go to the Gold Coast for the V8 supercars, courtesy of Willamette Travel. Yesterday, we had Dave on, the second time calling the show, and wow, his reaction says it all. We want you, we want new callers, we want you to be a part of our show. So 0800 150 811 for Quizzy Dag, or anyway, we just want to hear from you. Give us a call anytime. That's enough from me. Morning Joe, Kids, uncle, heard from you uncle. Louie, how are ya?
3: Yeah, good bro. Yeah, good bro. Uh, you're right, it has been an arduous process, this Silver Lake um, situation, but mm. Izzy, it is not just rugby defining, it's New Zealand sport defining, I think. Mm. Um, so it's a massive day. Big couple of days in sport Actually I don't know Did you guys manage to catch The end of the Novak Djokovic Rafael on a dull match yesterday mm. It was unbelievable Four sets Four hours Like a war And yeah. Rafa Just decided that he was Going to do what Rafa does On clay court And be the king He just said nah my, <laughs> my court I will not make a mistake From here on in And you just watch The wheels come off Novak Djokovic And there's only two people Really that have ever Made him do that Roger And Rafa. And people riding Rafa off Saying that Novak's going to run away with the Grand Slam total, well, hey, mm. this guy might Not just keep. Clay. This guy just keep might. He just might keep winning Roland Garros. <laughs> and, you know, he's injured. He's got a sore ribs. He's got sore feet, and he just put the, that
0: rig. He just put it
3: clamp down on Novak. So that was a huge highlight for me yesterday. I
0: loved it, mate. And the guy, and the guy too that Paulie Moore, already talked about. What about him riding Rafa home yesterday in that final set? eh? Mm. Appeared a big punt on it, so yeah, mate. Good watching, good tennis, especially seeing that in the quarterfinals. You don't really have to wait for a final to see that type of match. Um, but yeah, it was a big day yesterday. A lot of I, I did a lot of reading yesterday, Izzy, especially up on the Silver Lake deal. Um, yep. Trying to get my head around it, you know, especially with Jim Case coming on. I want to ask him a couple of couple of questions which I think need to be answered and mm-hmm. um, really looking forward to, to seeing the unions walk past our, our 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 studio this morning because they've actually got to walk right past us each one of the unions today it'd be interesting and it's going to clock them all you know and give them a wink mm. give them a wink just see you I'm going to see tell. I'm going to see if they're walking in with big suitcases <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, some of them will be but there's some of them uh, from what I'm hearing uh, yeah there's there's still a lot of um, questions that need to be asked and uh, uncertainty yeah mate like after two years of this process and which is fair enough it's a big big decision five percent to eight percent of new Zealand state commercial rights are going to be sold and the option most likely new zealand rugby won't get it back and that will show that uh silver lakes have a 85 percent rain on the global marketing ability of, of the All Blacks or something, There's some new uh, entity that they have created, made it some um, it's huge news, huge, huge decision that they have to make. And I think the decision is these unions are going to get a million bucks. And a million bucks on the outside sounds all good and gravy and it's going to do wonderful things. But sustainability, like well, these unions can't just get this million bucks and then just five years down the track we're back to square one. We're back to square one that they have to They have to build on it. They have to use it. They have to fund wisely. So yeah, you're right. Some big news questions and that need to be asked,
3: Louis. Yeah, you're Mm. right, Izzy. And um, look, he's the he's got the crown of the sport of uh, the business of rugby uh, reporting. Liam Napier. He gets the gravy. And his piece in the Herald last night about exactly where this is at. And just so ever uh, casually dropping the dropping the uh, wee fact that he understands Auckland, which is New Zealand's Mm. largest provincial union, has concerns to the point that a significant way is likely to vote against it. And I Mm. actually didn't quite understand how the voting worked. So it's actually done on how many um, school and club, I think, uh, clubs you have in your region. That's how much... Slice or how many votes you get. So, for example, Wellington, Auckland and Canterbury, they get, I think, seven votes each it was. They have Mm -hmm. big players in this. And if Auckland's wobbly, because they are one of the major regions, well, what are the other ones thinking? And that's in Liam's backyard, so he's managed to obviously get some gravy there. So yesterday I kind of left here thinking it was probably a done deal. Mm. But you've seen weird things happen like this throughout the years, Kempe, where it's kind of gone, oh, it was actually right in front of us, there were people that were unhappy. And the other thing that Liam reported yesterday is that the uh, unions were, have been really unhappy with New Zealand rugby and the amount of forthcoming information. Like, they only got a lot of the information. And this is their side of the story, you've got to remember. This is their side of the story. Mm. They reckon that they've only got a lot of the information earlier this week, and it's been kind of hard for them. And I'm sure New Zealand rugby might be rolling their eyes like, I, I know I know w- when you say stuff like this, that there's always another side to it. So I'm not, <laughs> there's not, no way picking on New Zealand rugby. But the point is, there's angst. And on a day like today, angst can turn funny. Kemper, you've been in enough boardrooms, you've seen enough of this stuff where all of a sudden the wobbles come on. And you just never really
0: know, do you? Oh, you don't. You don't. Once you walk into that boardroom, you close the doors and the votes. It's all about numbers, all right. When you sit mm. around a board table, if you know governance, it's all about numbers. And the conversations that we we aren't a part of is the lobbying and the and the and the politicking that's been going on behind closed doors beto- between unions. Um, between the Māoris, between the NZR, uh, to try and get the numbers to the right level so mm. a decision can be made. And if you've got, mm. re- <laughs> it's like it's like what is it? 61 seats get you in the get you in the government these days. Like if you've got the wrong numbers, mate, you're pushing it uphill. So you're dead right, Louis. They may they may be walking in here and the whole public thinking that it's a done deal today, and someone can easily come out of that room and say it's not done. We didn't mm. get the numbers. I mean? That's simple.
5: 75% of the votes they need to uh, to get the deal done and dusted. Um, but the, yeah, look, on the other side of it, if you're Silver Lakes, do you stick around? Two years? They've come over here for two years. <laughs> they've, they've they've put in the mahi, they've given them the options, they've listened, they've catered, they've altered their deal. Do we look at that side? And, and if they just turn around and go, oh, mate, I've had enough of this. This is just getting strenuous and I'm sick of it. Well, do we see that
0: potentially happening? And well, if that happens, can we...
5: That's well, what do we feel doing. like that? Do, it, well, do we feel like this
0: deal will always be there? That, no, not at all. That's what mm. they do. They're a private equity company. You know, we're not the first sports organisation yeah. that they've had a crack at. They've, they've got the Australian um, soccer under their belts. You know, they paid 300 million for 33 percent of that. Mm-hmm. That um, that company, private equity companies, that's what they do. They raise funds. You're billions on on um, yeah. Yeah. neon. Like mm. the Same thing. Like, Raise these funds and go out there and purchase all these big, these big organisations, mainly tech because they're a tech firm, but they've mm. got into the sporting. Oh, personally, my, my belief is that sport will become tech, high tech. Mm. You're already doing gaming. You'll do it virtually eventually. blokes like Joe that you know can't put on another kilo over 60 kilos will be, <laughs> will be playing in a 100K suit with a virtual reality um, yeah. headset on, and, and he'll have a suit on which will measure all sorts of impact. That, that's where this will probably end up but the, the the thing with it if you miss the deal they're a private private equity company they go to the next cab on the block mm. they don't hang around they've got yeah, yeah. investors money that they need to invest all right so, so, so that's 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 what's going to happen I reckon if they miss the deal this is the this is a why why NZr is saying we got to get this deal done because they know that there's someone else knocking on the door waiting to take the, the 200 million up.
5: Mm. And, and that's the question too as well like at the moment they've been valued at over 4 billion as New Zealand Rugby the All Blacks brand it's obviously huge potential this next year is defining in the brand of, of the All Blacks if we don't get this deal done we go forward and we potentially look I hate to say it but we have some rough matches we, we, we lose a couple we go to the World Cup next year things don't go well does that devalue that stake does our 5% be worth 100 million now because it's all driven on hype
6: now you look at you look
5: at the Lakers. You look at the Lakers. I, I was checking out the Forbes most um, valuable teams the other day. They're worth 5.6 billion. They actually lose money. They actually lose money in revenue. I was looking at the numbers on the Forbes thing. They lose, I think, it's about 20 million. So they're actually not a team that makes a hell of a lot of money. But because of the whole branding and the hype behind it, it just makes them an absolute beast. So does it? Does obviously it, it works a lot on results. They're probably the most successful franchise in the NBA, blah blah blah. So yeah, does that do that take it? Do they take that into consideration?
3: Maybe a wee bit, but I think really what they're looking at is the ability to earn. And I don't think that you can, we can trash the All Blacks brand in a year. I think oh, it would no. take a lot more than that. I think that, mm. like the I think the well, unless they lose lost to Namibia, you know, like unless it was like a, a, I wouldn't. And I, no, just on I the... was
5: reading, I was reading, they need the All Blacks to be successful for this deal to be good for Silver Yeah, They need the All Blacks to be successful. Yep. If they are able to go to America and sell the brand to America for the World Cup in 2031, they need the All Blacks to be successful.
3: Yeah, they do. They need them to... I, I don't know whether that means... I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right overall. I mean, whether that means yet they have to win the World Cup or whether they can, you know, it's just not falling away and, and I don't you know that, that that won't happen. It's not gonna happen overnight, Izzy. But the no. but your concerns are really valid and I think the overarching point is if this doesn't happen now, when does it happen? Because I know mm. you're gonna talk about it later on, but the Christchurch Stadium situation, it's quite similar. How many bites at the cherry do you get before you have to restart, you have to go again, another kibosh, another delay, and all of a sudden in, you're not just messing with people's moods. Inflation, costs, values, everything changes. So how many bites of the cherry do you want? And that's the point you're making, and I think it's a good one, mate. Um, yeah, busy morning, big morning after 8 Jim K's, and, and we'll talk about it throughout the morning. I know, Kimpy, you want to talk about it, and you're off the back fence as well. 17 minutes past 6 o'clock. Let's just park it for the second. All right, can't wait question of the day today is uh, all about one of the greats in New Zealand. Uh, well, not one of the greats in commentary it's all about one of the great rugby league commentators of all time
7: joe you got that clip there to play oh. marsh combining with jones after see you see you get them an opportunity here's jones in his space jones is inside the 10 jones scores
2: new zealand are level new zealand are level This
8: wonderful
7: halfback, Stacey Jones, has opened them up after CUCU had provided the opportunity.
3: New Zealand, our level.
7: New Zealand. (laughs) That was a great night.
3: Ah, great night. One of the great callers, Rabs Ray Warren. uh, He has been a staple in our lives for Mm. as long as I've been alive, and much longer than that. You know, he's a he's a genuine goat of the commentary Mm. box. My can't wait question of the day today. Who is or are the greatest commentators of all time in any sport? And I know this is a very broad question and we can take it anywhere and I want you to take it anywhere. If you're into equestrian, cool. If you're into horse racing and you want to say George Simon, T. Lee, sure. If you're into surfing and you want to say Joe Tapell, cool. Whatever it is. Comes through on double eight, double three, or even better, give us a call and do an impersonation. 0800-150-811. If anybody does a bang-on impersonation of their favorite commentator, somebody calls in and pretends to be Ian Smith, perfect. You're a $50 TAB bonus bet. Who is the greatest or are the greatest commentators of all time? Rabs Warren is iconic, is he? Wow, <laughs> that's a great question. It's just
5: got my brain going. I was thinking. What do I love? What do I love, man? I love some NFL commentators, man. They they, do, they run a good setup over there. Ah, Ray Warren. What a loss. 99 or origin calls. Could he go on one more?
0: <laughs> could have gone one. Could have done three. Could have done oh. three. Well, everyone's going to miss... Do you want our
5: answer now, Louis? No, Sorry. no, 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 no. Okay. You, you,
0: you oh. just,
3: you, we can okay. we can wait. I want to get
0: the text
5: steaming,
0: and yeah.
3: I want to see mm. I want to see this text machine, the Tim post text machine, like go haywire, like Joe looks like when Kimpy tells him as he book, mm. asked him as he booked our lunch
5: table. He
0: still yet? hasn't booked it, is he? Still he has he hasn't not. booked it, mate. <laughs> what a, are you
5: busy, Joe? Parking on yellow uh, well, actually, the truth is, I went to book it yesterday, and look, it's all booked down. But they are actually no, 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 no. There, there are tables. <laughs> what did <do> <laughs> no, no, I say? No, no. <laughs> no, no. Wait, let, let, me, let me, speak. Let me speak. Oh, they, they, oh. they leave some booths for people just, like first and first serve. So I mean, they, 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 as soon as it opens on Friday, okay, you're going there. It.
3: Yes, I will. I will. <laughs> Radio. That's, that's a that's a that's a subplot. That's a subplot. Just a bit of context for am wondering. Joe was told to book lunch two weeks ago and he hasn't done it for Friday and now we're booked out. So that's a subplot. We, we can go have a talk to Joe in a second. What is and who are the greatest commentators of all time? Mike Breen. Easy, says Steve. Get them flying And Izzy and Kimpy answer the can't wait question of the day after this. Here with chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day.
6: Late clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Fox. By-
3: 25 minutes past 6 o'clock. Can't wait. Question of the day. Who are the greatest commentators in sport? Um, because Rabs, Ray Warren is gone. He's retired after a, just a glittering career. And Brett says Al Michaels alongside John Madden. Yeah, Al Michaels is, as he said, NF to NFL greatness. Charlie, we'll get to him in just a second. he? who do you have? Got a
5: couple. Uh like that Mike Breen, who came on the Texas machine, does a fantastic job. Probably call it the greatest uh, moments in, in basketball with the NBA finals. But mine probably Jim Nance and Chris Hollenworth. Jim Nance does basketball and NFL. And then Chris Collenworth does uh does the NFL. I think they do a great job. Great job. I think we got a good one on our show too. Ian Smith, he does not bad job at the in the commentary. Oh, no, no, I'm those all for Izzy those Dagg,
0: I think Izzy Dagg's nailing <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, no more there. Hey mate, I, I went through I ran through I ran through my childhood right through to, to um today. Cliff Morgan, remember remember him calling calling the Welsh commentator calling the rugby way back in the seventies? We used to we used to go to sleep and wake up in the morning and watch the All Blacks play when they travelled up there. He's one of them, Eddie Warren, who called the rugby league up in England. Like his his voice always sticks in my head. Uh, Richie Benoit for cricket when I was living in Aussie, all the time. Yeah, Richie Benoit, yeah, for sure. Richie Benno. Um But before Rabs, there was a bloke called Rex Mossop, and Rex Mossop was like the Rabs back in those days in the early 80s. I mean, he, was, he, he actually gave it to me one night at Parramatta Stadium. But um, <laughs> those, are, those are the guys that come to my mind. But the, the GOAT, the GOAT for me is Rabs. Like I got to have I got to have some fish and chips with him one night up up in North Queensland under under a, a palm tree um, and got to sort of know him a little bit, mate. He would yeah, he'd walk in here and with a vacuum cleaner and you would you wouldn't he wouldn't look out of place. He was just it was Ray Warren. Everyone mm. knew him. He's gonna face it. No one forgets. And he was just like, hey Kimpy, want to get some fish and chips?
3: Ah, uh, awesome, Kimpy. Hey Charlie, you're probably on the road as usual, mate. Who you got for us?
9: Absolutely, mate, um, iconic English cricket commentator, John Arlett. Um, It's well worth YouTubing a few of his commentaries, but he famously never commentated past four o'clock because that was one o'clock. And the ladies who used to listen to the radio loved them and used to send in cakes to him. But one of his famous, famous commentaries, Lancashire were playing, I think it was Gloucestershire at the time, and Clive Lloyd was the captain. And you know who Clive Lloyd is? Yeah. And Harry, Harry Pilling was the wicketkeeper. Now Harry Pilling was like me; he was about five foot six, but he was about 110 kilograms. Harry Pilling he's a wicketkeeper, Bill Locksmithy. No offence. <laughs> um, so the weather got a bit the weather got a bit dark, dark in those days of no floodlights. And somebody hit the ball to the boundary in Lancashire fielding, and John Ale goes, "The ball is going to the boundary now." All the fielders picked it up. He saved the four. And he's sown a I'm not sure whether that's Clyde Lloyd or Harry Pilling, but he's done a good job.
3: <laughs> uh. <laughs> There you go, bit iconic yeah. commentary from Charlie on the road. Nice, Charlie. There's so Love many. It. that was good, good accent as well. Uh, so many nominations coming here. I'm kind of struggling to keep up. Uh, Richard McIntosh at the ball is the best. Yeah, the, yeah, the <laughs> waterball carnival. Absolutely. Uh, from the Didim boys here, at Rickett and Racecourse Oh, get up, the Didim boys. Thanks for texting, lads. Wads Coney, Bumble, Richie Benno, Sue yeah. and Botham. Sorry, that's a bit cricket focused from Kimberley. Kimberley, don't Love be that. sorry because you'll hear Jeremy Coney tonight on SCNZ. And you're right, Jeremy Coney's Way With Words, he is one of the great illustrators, one of the great radio commentators, isn't he, and that partnership he had with Wads for so long, but now, of course, here tonight on SCNZ, Bill McLaren, the great Scottish rugby commentator of the 70s and 80s. Oh,
5: so good, so good. Bill McLaren, that's a huge Gary (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah that's the one that, that's the one um, man I'm struggling to keep up Keith Quinn is getting lots of shout outs so is Nisbo uh, Aaron White from Tim the Teacher and as well Murray Mexted he was a uh, colourful wasn't he Kimpy? he was funny <laughs> he was very funny he was very funny
5: <laughs> 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 who's the greatest Kiwi uh, commentator you reckon
3: Smithy yeah Smithy for me, for me, it's some of the... Jeremy Coney goes real close. I mean, there's so many, but um, and actually, T Lee, Tony Lee, I just something, ah, something it. about when you've got a horse like Cinerama or Just Ask Me rattling home, and you've got T Lee and from the and he just starts to arc his voice up whoa way too good (laughs) (laughs) you know Um, he's yeah yeah. T Lee he's got a bit of something different so many keep them coming through we've got a $50 TV bonus bet if you give us a call and do an impersonation as well Charlie well done half past six love racing.nz after this with more of your feedback here is Aroha with the news for Kubota together we're shaping and building New Zealand KCNZ, 27 minutes away from 7 o'clock. We're talking about the greatest sports callers of all time. um, Ray Warren, Rabs is hanging them up, hanging the binoculars up. And, you know, famously, I think, I could be right here, Kempe, Rabs never watched replays or never used the TV screen in
0: the booth. Yeah, I'm, he, look, I'm not, I'm not too I,
3: sure. I, I've heard that before, uh, kind of half-verified information, but yeah, he used to watch the game live, otherwise his binoculars are out there, and as obviously he's getting older, it's hard and hard to. So he's just an absolute purist. Um, Joe's come through with a really good one. Jack Buck, baseball commentator, We, of course, and son Joe Buck does the baseball, and now he's actually the, he's doing Monday Night Football with Troy Aikman now, and so that's a that's a dynasty of a family, really. And Andreas Cantor, the Argentine commentator who invented goal. <laughs> oh. Martin Tyler as well good text there Joe and plenty more for Henry Blowers and Bill McLaren Uh, see your text there Mike and Tim thanks for coming through keep them coming through anyone that's got something a little bit unique like who's who's favourite surfing commentators Joe Tappal or you know Ronnie Blakely give me something a little bit out there on dot loveracing.nz is your home for everything Thoroughbred Racing who's looked at the fields this week Kempi I imagine you
0: would (laughs) have Yeah, I've had a little. I've had a little look on it uh, this week, uh, Louie, There's a great horse running around on Saturday in Whanganui in race six called mm. Just Ask Me. Ooh,
3: sounds like a Just Philadelphia lawyer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he is a Philadelphia lawyer. That boy, and uh, yep, it's uh, it's going to be bully? a good race. The bully, the bully is. He's training very well, and uh, he'll run well. But uh, he's actually come out second. Fa- he's actually come out in the book second favourite. So, well, Kippi, don't try and Ooh. you don't have to be
3: you don't have to play your cards close to your chest, is he? Because this is how well he's going. He's four fifty into three sixty. Mm. <laughs> so
0: where do Man. you think, where I've do you think that's it. come from? <laughs> I missed that, it. it. <laughs> yeah, now I had a good chat to Al Sharrock yesterday, and uh, now he's happy with two of his horses there. Uh, Darcy Labella in the I think it's a race before uh, just asked me and just asked me they're both training very good uh, and ready for the test on Saturday in Fonganoi.
3: Yeah, so interesting. Darcy Labella opened a very short, well, two dollar twenty favourite in the race in race five and raced Evens has been punted in from three fifty to two eighty this morning. So there's obviously a bit of confidence around raced Evens in that race, but Darcy Labella's got the good barrier. It's got Lisa Press, and then Just Ask Me. Well, it's just got superior heavy track form to anything else, and let's be honest, it's probably 10 or 12 rating points higher than anything else in the race. So I'm pretty confident of Just Ask Me running a huge race. Darcy LaBella, the only thing that's given me... Qu- scratching my head, this race evens money. I mean, it has to be stable money if it's that much, to be honest, or, or there might be a big group of owners involved. Um, the Taranaki, Jamie Lee Lupton, of course, Lupton, pretty famous racing name. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll do a little bit of research there and work out why there is so much confidence around raced evens. I know Chrissy Bambury said to us that raced evens, they, they were pretty confident with it last weekend and it ran fourth. So there's that. And Izzy, let's be glam over at Eagle Farm. You want to know mm-hmm. what we're doing here? Yeah. Remember when Lethal Leithinus said this thing's been going huge? Yep. Wow. Would you believe that we have been given... $12 and
6: $3.60. Oh.
3: <laughs> and drawn well. What do you, what do you reckon? What v- are you reckoning? Race eight, Eagle Farm. It's a group two. Now, Kementari is well, He's a very classy horse, isn't he? He's People have a special relationship with Kementari. But because he's come into the race, and this is a, a handicap race, he's stretched the weights right out. So there you go. You've got... Um, Kim at 57 kgs. And if you go down to the bottom of the book, you've got Let's Be Glam on the bottom weight at Mm. 53. She's been working better than Babylon Berlin, who's 54 and a half. So Tony Pike's looking after both of these horses um, for Cambridge Stud and Ben Foote. And Leith has been doing a lot of track work with Let's Be Glam. He was pretty confident. i tell you what I would do. I would have something small on the nose, on the snout, and then I would have the $2.70 for a top four, I'd be absolutely laughing. Mm, top okay. four bit. Because if okay. there's only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve horses in the race. So if we run the top if we run the first third of the race, um, you're getting two dollars seventy, which is pretty good news. Thank you, Louis Thank you, Lethal. <laughs> no worries. Tim, O A under one five oh eight eleven, you've given us a call for a commentator.
4: Yeah, um, well, you said something a little bit different, and I reckon um, someone with the
5: classic calls uh, was on the field, and that's Nigel Owens. <laughs> True, <laughs> Nigel. Oh, he said some one great one liners to me, mate. What have you got? What do you say? <laughs> what have you heard?
1: Uh, what, what about uh, if you want to act like Dutch, go down the
3: road
5: to
1: the football stadium. <laughs> 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 that is a great.
5: Oh, that's perfect.
3: Well done, Tim. Good bravery, mate. Putting yourself on the line there. I oh, oh, appreciate you Cool. Izzy, what did what did um what did Nigel have oh, for you?
5: Just oh, I can't really remember off the top of my head, but two yellow cards he gave me. My only ever my two yellow cards were in two test matches refed by Nigel Owens and uh mate he's good. He's so good, clear and precise with his comments, like never really shied away from um being up front, mate. He was an absolute chairman. Best ref I reckon that I've ever had. He was Pretty
0: good. They so, should do. They should do tours, as he those referees, and talk about the things that they said to players. Yeah. I, I remember getting <laughs> tackled in game Castleford Featherson, local, uh, as a local derby, and uh, I'd given Carl Gibson, who was an English centre at the time, a, a right clock, you know, I clocked him a real good one. Mm-hmm. And oh. then I get tackled about That's 10 me- ten metres off my line, and I'm and the, one of the players has tied my arms up. And as I'm going back down on my back, Carl Gibson's coming over the top, and his hands clenched. And gets me right in the nose, mate. Breaks my nose. Boom. Just whacks it. But the funny thing about it was the referee was right behind him and I, all I could see was Carl's fist, but the referee's face behind it. And Carl hopped up and the referee went, you're even. Mate,
5: <laughs> 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 right, Fear. That's fear.
3: Oh, mm. wow. those are the, That's the wild west. Uh, PJ Montgomery wouldn't be the America's Cup without him. Couldn't agree more. Mm. Oh, I was lucky enough to work with PJ at the America's Cup just gone, and what a champion New Zealander he is. Uh, Donnie Bull, Canterbury's rugby, Canterbury Rugby's greatest club caller. That's from Alistair. Shout out, Donnie Bull. Um, how about shout out for one of the greatest commentating performances? Now, this is awesome. Mark Rosanowski, he's here on ECNZ on Dog Speed Sundays. Holding his nerve in 2014, I think, to commentate greyhounds during a 6.2 earthquake, he just kept going. Wow. <laughs> and uh, Mark is that sort of guy. He's just so committed and professional. And Jim Houston, recently retired lead commentator for Hockey Night in Canada on CBC. Yeah, they, I, I do know that voice of Jim Houston. Rabs Warren, what a career, what a man. He's retired, he's hanging up the binoculars and he's a legend of the commentary booth. Enjoyed your texts and your calls this morning on that. Excellent stuff from everyone involved. 20 away from seven. All right. 0800-150-811. I'm not kidding today. I actually have seen the quiz, and it is cakewalk. Line up. First one on. Come on. on. You're probably going to run the slate. I don't know. Kez is in a real good mood. Be like
5: David. Be like David yesterday. Give us a call. You think you got the game? You think you know what you're doing? Give us a call. 0800-150-811-811. To take on the Quizmaster, you could be going the Gold Coast courtesy of Willamette Travel, Louis. Give us a call. questions on your radio, giving you the chance to head to the Gold Coast. Five questions for the win, supercars on the line, 0800-150-811, you're mine. It's Quizzy Dag, give it a go, it's Quizzy Dag, now don't you choke, it's Quizzy Dag, who knows the most, it's Quizzy
6: Dag, we're going to the go Good
5: morning, here we go, we're going to rip straight into it, Brett from Huntley, more than a Brett, can't you be here, quit? Oh, can't you play, KT? Mate, mate, let's rip into it. Here we go. Question number one. The Black Caps' first ever major ICC trophy win came in the 2000 ICC Champions Trophy Tournament. Who did they beat in the final?
7: Pakistan. (sighs) Apopo.
5: Apopo. Sorry, Uncle. Have a good day. We're going to go to Luke in Dunedin. Morning, Luke.
0: Morena, boys, how are
5: we? We're, we're very good, we're very good, thank you. First black caps trophy. ICC came in the 2000 ICC Champions Trophy tournament. Who did they beat in the final? India. Get it in. India is correct. Well done. Question number two Ivan Visilich is the most capped all white right of all time. How many caps did he win?
0: Oh, it's going to have to be a clue, please. Two fat ladies. Two fat ladies, 88. Bang. Bang.
5: <laughs> there's, oh, those,
0: there's those days spent in those halls with me, eh? Have
5: we got no banging or no, <laughs> no bowel noises? Sure. Nah, yeah, oh. we haven't
3: paid the bills. Oh. Our, <laughs> our subscription hasn't been renewed for the bells.
5: Oh. <laughs> All right, here we go. Question number three. Erina Makaere has officially played her 100th National League match. Which ANZ Premiership team does she play for?
6: I'll go with the Magic.
5: Ooh.
6: Bing!
5: Well, done. <laughs> well done. Question, oh. <laughs> question number four. Who's ra- who was Israel Arosanya's last opponent? Oh.
6: Um, nah, nah. Oh, I'll be
5: tomorrow. Sorry, Lukey. Have a good day, mate. We're going to go to Brenton. Morning, Brenton. Morning, butter. Morning, butter. Here we go. Who was Israel Atosanya's last opponent? Oh, I
8: don't know, mate. Can't you phone a friend of Kempi, mate?
0: Or... Oh, great yep. chocolates.
8: Uh, Whitaker. <laughs> well
5: done.
6: Great All
5: right, question number five. So take it home, Brenton. What is the name of Golden State Warriors' home arena? Oh, jeez.
8: Uh, I don't know. Another clue.
5: Nah. <laughs>
8: <laughs>
5: <laughs> so, Brenton, chat tomorrow, mate. Pistol Pete. Is Pistol Pete going to be is. in the draw for the first time? Good luck, Pistol Pete what is the name Thank of you. Golden
0: State Warriors Home Arena? I
9: wouldn't have a clue.
0: Have you got a uh, clue for me? Yep. Oh <laughs> Chevy was a great actor. Uh,
6: Chase Arena. Yo! <laughs> 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 That'll do! That'll do! What a great
5: pistol Pete. I was gonna say, do you have kids? Say it, sorry. Have you joke. got kids? Have you got kids pistol? Oh. I was going to give you a clue if you've, watched, uh, yeah, if, you've if you've got poor if you watch Paw Patrol it's one of the it's one of the dogs Chase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome, mate. Thanks very much. Have a good day. Well done, Pistol Pete. He's in the draw.
3: Yeah, Pistol Pete. How good? Somebody knew in the draw, and he was one of our coolers over uh, summer as well. Kimpy came out of the woodwork. Yeah, big Carlo Park fan loved it <laughs> so, absolutely love the Carlo Park stories so um, and that's a sharp clue as well that's not a gimme that's not a gimme part Chase Centre Chase Arena ah same thing 8 minutes away from 7 o'clock this morning Kez well is, done. Kez
0: is checking out who Chevy Chase is.
3: well done <laughs> <laughs> Pistol Pete, knew his movies, well done. Uh, eight away from seven, Kempe off the back fence after this. I wonder what he's going to be talking about. Mm. Have a guess.
2: Max E. from Chemist Warehouse for cold and flu relief. Get 30 tablets for just 6 And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz.
4: You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. the back fence with Tony Kemp.
0: Well, Mark, this day down in history, the 2nd of June 2022, because today's the day the New Zealand rugby apparently signed a private equity deal with Silver Lake, a private equity firm for somewhere in the vicinity of 200 to $300 million. It's reported that the community game are going to be given in the vicinity of $30 million spread across various parts of the game, which is meant to secure the grassroots game in the future. And here's the thing. How does a community game future-proof the financial sustainability of the game in New Zealand? How exciting. How exciting for them. Would they, Izzy, put the money in a bank? Would they put it in shares? Or is it the best to distribute it equally amongst the unions, as they, as they are talking about, to do whatever they like with it? Anyway, here's what I think. All right, Why don't the unions invest the money with a tier-one construction company and retirement village group such as Somerset, and build a retirement village in each province around the country, converting their grounds into a profitable proposition. Instead of having white elephant grounds like Eden Park that host a handful of events a year, build profitable building with high occupancy rates within their structures to increase, in- increase income potential. With an ageing population and the licensed, licensed occupy model that retirement villages use, I think retirement villages are as good as an investment you can get. And within a couple of decades, if the unions pull their resources... Uh, Together, each province will secure a perpetual fund through this model to fund their own game locally. Izzy, would you invest, if you were the CEO, your provincial fund in this model, or would you simply put the money in the bank?
2: Off the back
5: fence with Tony Kemp. I would invest, uncle. I I think that's what I spoke about at the start of the show. Like, yeah, this is obviously all well and said getting a million dollars and letting it dwindle down, and then we come back to the situation in five years' time. We've got a build for the future. million dollars is a great start, but let's try and think of opportunities, ways that we could turn this million dollars into 1.5, $2 million. The world is tough at the moment. Inflation, materials, it is a tough situation. So there is time here to sit down and build a solid plan. So love that from you, P. Great, uh, real insight of what they should be looking forward in the future. Coming up, we're going to talk some cricket and we'll react. We'll, we'll round back to that. We'll talk, talk, chat to Adam Collins out of the UK. He is live here on SENZ tonight, 9pm. You'll catch it all. Going to get him at cafe now. Is Aroha the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building. Thursday the 2nd of June Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ just after 7 o'clock. Kempi in the house with us off the back fence talking Silver Lake deals and what the unions should be doing with this cash injection. Million dollars. Some eyes will be litting, they'll be oh, bright and they'll be thinking wow we can do so many things with this million dollars but after a year it could be dwindled down into absolutely nothing if they don't do the right things with the money we've got a text message on the temper bed post text machine double eight double three great idea to invest in retirement village concept kempi both dan carter and richard mccall have investments in retirement villages and i know many more crusaders ex crusader players that have invested pretty sure it's ryman healthcare pretty sure it's ryman healthcare and they're one of the first investors a part of that uh, consortium so Yep, it's a good idea, Kempi, and I touched on it earlier. Look, that's a million dollars is great, but that could be gone very, very quick if they don't use it wisely. And uh, some great ideas. They've got time to be able to sort that out and uh, think of some good ideas. And particularly, they'll have some, um, some great minds on the board at most of the unions that will be heavily connected in the business world and be able to steer them in the right direction. So, yeah, interesting to see if today the vote is passed and the unions come together and and the cash injection back to the provinces. Anyway, right now, we're going to talk some cricket. Tonight, the Black Caps embark on another journey against the English. It's a match-up that has seen so many dramatic scenes over the past decade or so, and there's no reason to think this Test Series would be anything different, especially when you throw in a newly appointed Kiwi coach and captain of the English. You'll hear every ball of the series live on SCNZ, led by the worldly and professional Adam Collins, and he's with us now. Morning, Adam.
2: What a lovely intro. Hello, fellas.
5: (laughs) morning, mate. Great to have you on the show, mate. You excited for the call tonight? What's the feeling on the ground for this one?
2: Always excited. Yeah, I've spent a fair bit of time at Lord's over the last, well, let's say six weeks or so during the the beginning of the English season, and the pitches are really good. Uh, They've had pace in them, and they've been good for batting. So um, on that basis, what we saw today uh, looks fantastic, and Yeah, I think with both sides, there's a fair bit of uncertainty, and that might sound strange to speak of the New Zealand team that way, given they're World Test Champions, but they've only won a couple of Test matches since then. They've not had a great run of it in the last nine or ten months, since the WTC final at Southampton. It was such a glorious victory, and of course, Ross Taylor has retired, likewise BJ Watling, since that point in time. Kane Williamson's only played one Test match since uh, last summer here in England, so good to have him back uh, tomorrow at Lords, but... Yeah, I think with England having won only one of their last 17 test matches, New Zealand come in very much favourites. But uh, I would say that yeah, it, it's perhaps a, not quite as strong as New Zealand were comparatively when they started the, the series here 12 months ago.
0: Hey Adam, we know what the media's like up there. How are they warming to this Kiwi influence of Baz and, uh, <laughs>
2: and,
0: and what he brings to the, to the English game?
2: They love him. I mean, honestly, they love him. Remember, Brendan McCullum's got a wonderful reputation over here, and that's not just because of, I guess, what he did as captain. Well, it, it, I mean, it is to do with what he did as captain, but also the personality and the injection that he, he afforded New Zealand cricket in charge of that side and what he did at the 2015 World Cup. Even what he did in the test series that was played over here in 2015, just two test matches, but they were two crackers at Lords and then Leeds, and uh, he left uh, with his reputation enhanced considerably. So... Uh, yeah, he's got a great rep over here. Uh, it was been a, a very well-received announcement a couple of weeks ago when it was made. A bit unexpected, I think, given he hasn't got much experience in, in red ball cricket as a coach. In fact, he's got none. Uh, but I don't think many people are too concerned about that. He gave a ripping press conference on Friday uh, where he talked about, I think the quote was, prepare like you're going to live forever, but live like you're going to die tomorrow. It was sort of philosophical from Baz. Uh, and uh that, that bothered plenty of headlines uh in, in the weekend papers. So alongside Ben Stokes you've got two sort of street fighters, don't you, in terms of the way that they play their cricket. So it should be fun, I'll tell you what.
5: Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it tonight. Can't wait to watch the action. Hey Adam, who's who's getting the sense that they are a favourites? Who are they you know, like who who's favourites heading into this um into the series? You feel like the black caps I are think... underdogs at the moment? Yeah.
2: Not really. I mean, I think. I mean, New Zealand should beat England comfortably. They should beat England three 0 on paper, right? I mean, England are a rabble. They have been a rabble over the last, gosh, eighteen months now, going on eighteen months. They've just not been a successful Test team. So you look at it and frame it up that way, and New Zealand should win. But as I kind of mentioned off the top, New Zealand haven't had a particularly good nine months either. They lost to Bangladesh and uh, that Monganui. Uh, they lost one of their Test matches against South Africa. So. Yeah, I would say that coming into it, that they're not quite as strong as they were a year ago. Um, The fact that it's touch and go, whether Trent Bolt will be available, having just returned from the Indian Premier League. Kane Williamson has looked somewhat mortal in recent months, having been so exceptional uh, in the previous 10 years. He's probably had his most lean period as a black cap player. Um, So yeah, there's just a, I wouldn't say vulnerability in the New Zealand team, more that they don't look as far ahead of England as they did a year ago when they played those two Test matches at Lords and Edgbaston. But take it as a whole, New Zealand are the stronger team. There's really no doubt about that.
0: Hey, Adam, just what's the, what is the threat to the Black Caps? And if you were, um, I guess, predicting a headline, what's the headline at the end of this Test series?
2: I think the threat would be that you take out B.J. Watling and you take out Ross Taylor and it's just fundamentally less experienced. Yeah. You inject a player like Will Young, who's made some considerable uh, contributions for New Zealand in his short international career, but yet to really punch through as a big-time player. And he's, in effect, replacing Ross Taylor, and you can't replace Ross Taylor, right? And then you've got uh, Blundell effectively replacing Watling in that sort of transition period as wicketkeeper. He has played some match-winning hands, but again, Watling was an absolute superstar for the Black Caps for over a decade. So that's probably where I'd say they're, they're vulnerable. But if there is early trouble, they don't have the same kind of experience to draw down on that they had 12 months ago. Uh, and look, Henry Nichols is the other big omission from the team at Lords tomorrow. He's got a, a combination of a calf injury and, and COVID-19, an unusual combination, but uh, the calf injury in a way has been affected by the COVID because he's not been able to um, recover as quickly as otherwise might be the case in isolation. So... They're missing three pretty big players there. And I already mentioned Trent Bolt. I don't think Bolt will play. They've given the impression that he might play next week. But, yeah, transitioning from playing an Indian Premier League final three days ago into a test match at Lords with little sleep, I don't think that would take that risk with a player like Trent Bolt who's such an important asset. So, yeah, that's where I think England might see themselves as having an opportunity early in the series to pounce uh, and they're bringing back their two most experienced fast bowlers in James Anderson and Stuart Broad, who were jettisoned for the recent series in the caribbean. we We kind of thought there was half a chance they might have get pensioned off and and retired before this summer, but they did poorly in the West Indies and, and they've turned back to Anderson, who turns forty later this summer and Stuart Broad, who turns thirty six so um two men who've got wonderful records against New Zealand against a yeah a slightly less experienced batting lineup than the one that turned out here last year.
5: What about Joe Root? Joe Root, um, the pressure's off now. He's got the captaincy he's been given to, Ben Stokes. Uh, It wasn't because of form. He's probably been the leading uh, batsman in the English squad. Do you feel like this is a huge weight off his shoulders and we're going to see an even reinvigorated kind of Joe Root coming forward in the series?
2: Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? You look at the way that Joe Root's record went through the roof in year 2021, I mean, six Test centuries, I think he made 1700 runs at test level, an absurd number of runs. I think only uh, Viv Richards and, and Muhammad Youssef made more in a calendar year, but that corresponded with a 12 month period where England were dreadful. So, uh, with the exception of how they performed in, in Sri Lanka at the start of the year, they went around the world and stuck the joint up. So, um, it's I suppose not really about Joe Root's personal performances. That's not why he lost the captaincy, it was that the team beneath him just weren't performing consistently enough to justify him remaining in the role so as to whether he'll be reinvigorated he's only 31 it's actually quite a young Mm. age to be a former captain presumably Root will play for another six seven years based on modern trends that the best players in the world tend to get through to sort of age 37 38 he's going to have a really long stretch as a former England captain and that's having led the side in more test matches than any other Englishman ever he led 68 tests over five years so it's a really quite odd transition that he's going through. The one thing I will say is that Ben Stokes was so loyal to Joe Root through the toughest times and Mm. they've been close friends since they were teenagers. I'd expect that uh, he'll get that loyalty in return from Root and he'll, in effect, be vice-captain. They've not named a vice-captain to Ben Stokes. So even though Joe Root won't have that designation formally, I'm sure that if Ben Stokes needs someone to turn to, it'll be the bloke who's just given up the captaincy. So... Yeah, an interesting relationship there between that pair, given how close they are, and it's gone from one to the next. But, uh, yeah, Roots' performances with the bat have been exceptional for a long stretch of time now. So I'd expect no different over the next four weeks.
0: Hey, Adam, that's uh, some fantastic insights. Just just give us a look. You're calling the game live for us here on SENZ. What have you, what have you done, mate, with your homework? What do we expect, and what's the little gem that you're going to pull out <laughs> um, or how, what have you worked out how are you going to open the series up for us
2: mm-hmm. that's a great question I, I'll, I'll tell you that Joe Roots 111 runs away from being uh, the second Englishman to 10,000 test runs I was I pulled that up before so that'll be significant if he makes a century at, at Lords tomorrow now the homework process it's pretty elaborate before a test series you kind of rely on, on doing quite a lot before test one and you can kind of top up after test, or after test one and after test two for the, the ones that follow but yeah, I assure you that by the time we reach the first ball tomorrow, we'll, we'll be able to tell you the, the, the we'll be able to tell you Tom Blundell's hairdresser's mother's maiden name. We, we, we go into a fair bit of depth, so, you know at least that, that, that's kind of all part of the job and part of the fun when you're on air for seven hours and you're letting the, the game drift by. And, and with Jeremy Coney in our team, the great man, uh, Craig McMillan as well, uh, there are two men with great stories and looking forward to sharing them with the Senz listeners across the next four weeks.
0: Awesome. That's if you have if you're short, you get my number, you give us a call, give Izzy a call. We're we'll happily talk about identity. We'll talk about anything down here in New Zealand just to keep the I guess the, the conversation going. But great insights into the uh the, the call tonight, Adam. Thanks a lot for coming on with us on uh, breakfast with Izzy and Kempe this morning and all the best with your call.
2: Cheers, Adam. <laughs> yeah, pleasure. Can't wait for it. Thanks guys. Good on you.
0: Awesome, I, mate! I love listening to, the, to commentators because, like you said, they do so much work mm. and to give the insight. Like you know, 111, what do you say? 111 runs he was off um, from making history. He's 31 mm. years of age, got another six years as uh, in the game, and, and possibly could be captain again. Things you don't even think about. You know, yeah, he's he? on the
5: yeah, he's on the ground. He's got the feel. He's right there amongst the Good little insight on Bears how he's been received over in the UK public. All things are starting to align, so look, yeah, it's great to hear from Adam Collins and, and Maka over there doing the call with Jeremy Coney and live here on ECNZ. so awesome work to hear from him. Interesting though, interesting. I feel like this, this English side, they're just going to, yeah, just come out, <laughs> come out and put on an absolute clinic. I don't want to say it, but I just feel like oh, that's what I'm experiencing, that's what I'll be dreaming about, I'm coming out, just putting in a performance and uh, and really just getting things right. We don't want to see it. But on the other side of it, I feel like, yeah, Kane Williamson and Gary said, they'll have a plan. They would have planned for this mm. situation, and they'll be saying
0: all the right things behind the scenes. So it's going to be an interesting series. Yeah, he said something up there. I read an article this morning out of one of the English newspapers about the middle order a batsman for England, and how they've like Baz has basically just set out there and go and rip and tear, mm. and they haven't had anyone talk to them like that before. And I'm thinking, mate, He's unshackled. He's unshackling the English team. Mm. It feels like they've had all these shackles around them and they weren't allowed to do things. And Baz has just gone in there and gone, Grow up. Just get out there and play cricket. You know what I mean? It's just, it, And that's a scary part of it. We'll know a lot more after the first test.
5: It'll be interesting to see how they react because I've had coaches come in and I've been coached for such a, a similar uh, style for very long periods of time. And then I've had a new coach. I remember when I was coached by Tabai Matson. Uh, Aaron Major, Toddy Blackadder, and then Scott Robertson came in with Brad Moore and Leon McDonald, and he just flipped my whole thoughts, you know, especially on the way we defend. And at the start, I was taken back. I was like, oh, nah, you know, I've been doing this for 12 years. This is what's worked. This is what I know. I'm comfortable in doing this. So he got me to step outside my comfort zone at the start, hated it. Wasn't feeling it, wasn't about it, probably didn't embrace it but the more and more I got involved and the more I started just saying look, this is, this is for the better of you this is for the better of the team this is innovating, this is something different we've got to do it just keep trying and keep trying to stay instilled in it, Made it um, yeah. so that's, that's the situation they've got over in England because he'll be bringing his mindset, his style of play that's something different to the English style and they've just got to really embrace it whether we see that straight away, we'll see
3: whether or not,
5: mm, might have to give them a bit more time
3: Oh, gave a bet, is he? You might be able to stop the English. You can uh, <laughs> mate, if you, you're loving it. No, actually, no. You're, you're cured after not backing Zaki and it losing. Actually, no. All myths, all, all bidding uh, <laughs> uh, curses. Oh, I I had a pun on that one yesterday. What was it? Precious. Ooh, yeah, we're, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Got big big, big drift.
0: What oh, was yeah. the I saying? Like I, I was writing down the same, but it was I was too, too busy thinking about the ne- next question. But he said, bats came up with the same. Prepare like you're going to live forever. And what was the second part of that? Well,
3: that's what, um, and then and then expect to die tomorrow. You know, expect to die tomorrow. Well, of course, along the lines, of, and that's why I was flailing my arms around his ear because I just thought it was hilarious that that's like how Baz spoke to us. Like that's mm. everything. Never fear the ear. You know, all of that stuff. More killed dreams are killed by more thoughts, and all of his classic line. And he's just that's who Baz is.
0: I, look, at, and I love it. Mm. I man, I I love fuckatoki. You know, like these these. These sayings, when you look inside the words and the person that has said those words, to try and get to the the bottom of what it actually means, Mm. like it's a lot of the times it doesn't actually mean what it's what 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 is being said verbally. It's actually a lot deeper than that. So, so I'm learning something about Baz every day. You know, I knew Baz McCullum, but I didn't know like he could he could go down. Let's let's Crystal Ball gaze here, is he? They say in four years' time after cricket, he could go down as one of the, the greatest cricket people ever.
3: Well, yeah, yeah, how far away is he from mm. being knighted if they win a couple of series?
0: <laughs> they <they'd laughs>
6: love,
3: love knighting their cricket identities. Imagine, what would you call mm. him, Sir Baz? Nah, can't do it. Can't do it. Can't call him Sir Baz, yeah.
0: man. Good S- name for a horse. Sir Skip, oh, skip
5: was hard. <laughs> Sir Skip.
3: <laughs> Great names for horses. 20 minutes past seven. Hey, uh, after uh, after this, boys, we've got our All Blacks 23. Number one, our lucid prop. The votes are in, and after this, we're going to talk hookers, and this is a huge job to do. 20 minutes past seven. The great selection. Who is it? Number two mm. in the ABs jersey here with We Warehouse. Great savings every day. For the great selection, it's Izzy and Kimpy's All Blacks 23. Yes, S-E-N-Z, 26 minutes past seven on a massive day for rugby in Aotearoa. And you know what, Izzy? In 22 shows time, it's going to be a massive day for rugby in Aotearoa because we'll be playing the Irish in the first test of the year. And this is Izzy and Kempe's great selection. Can we overstate how important the team that's picked to play in this series and for the rest of this year is, Izzy? Because 18 tests out, you can't be chopping and changing, can you?
5: you can't and we've heard from Ian Foster talking about continuity consistency and selections so yeah we're going to hope to see that in this three match series I
0: want to hear from Kempi. What, <laughs> what do you got Kempi? well mate I, what do you got I actually we... had a chat to Paul Gallon oh, yesterday <laughs> afternoon <and laughs> told him mate you come coming you want to be heavyweight champion of the world. what about being front row for the All Blacks well he's missed out I tell you that he Joe? missed out mate pound for pound mmm
2: And the stags up, big time. The loose head prop, ranging out wide.
3: Paying about 300 to 1. The first name on the team sheet. It's a Southlander, <laughs> Ethan DeGroote.
6: <laughs> Ethan DeGroote.
3: Ethan Groot has beaten our... Um, we well, do we have George Bauer was looking like a favourite. Uh, offer of a Farsi. I think a lot of people saving offer uh, for mm. maybe the other side of the scrum or off the bench. Um, and we had a, a couple of other votes. But Ethan Groot, seriously... I think people look at Ethan DeGroote as he is more of a long-term, hey, let's give this guy a bit of a go. He's got a lot of upside. So that's yep. one. Loose head. Done. Hooker. Now, this is contentious. Daggy, who you got?
5: Ah, <laughs> uh, I haven't got my patch on, okay? Just remember, I haven't got my patch on today. I've gone. Oh, too easy. With Cody Taylor. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> too easy. Yeah, I've gone with Cody Taylor. Oh, look, I just feel like his last performance, Grumbies, before he got his rib cartilage, he'd been getting, going from strength to strength. I think he's looking at the front. Look, Dane Coles has just been injured. Like, he's been injured, his calf, and then he came back, and got the flu, so we just haven't seen enough. took so Tokiaho, he'll be there, but yeah, I'm, I'm expecting
0: Cody Taylor to start coming to the Irish Series. Uncork, for you. Well, I've, at the Borough louis patch, I'll put the same patch on, i have gone Cody Taylor. I, I, think, I think hooker is the most important position in this team. Mm. You know, you've got to have someone uh, that's reliable at at time of throwing the ball in the line out that understands the calls, that can get the forward pack moving. I think Cody Taylor's been there, done that, and can do that for this all-black team.
3: Yes. It's the three musketeers. We're all in agreement. I watched a clip yesterday of Cody Taylor talking about what finals footy is, speaking Mm. for the Crusaders, and he said, finals footy is nothing special. Finals footy is doing your job and not making mistakes. And if you do your job more times than the other team does their job, you win. And I was like mm. that is World Cup front row material. Cody Taylor for me So who's it for you? Double eight, double three, or head to SENZ underscore Instagram. Here's the name of the game. We're picking our 23 for the first test against the Irish. The person with the most votes gets the jersey. Yesterday Ethan DeGroote had the most votes at loosehead. Today we're asking you for your hooker. We've all gone Cody Taylor. Remember you, we'll pick a bench as well so you don't need to worry about that where is Colsey at, do you think, Dag? I-
5: mm. t- um, yeah, look, I, I think he'll, he'll be there. He'll definitely be there. He's just got so much money and respect. And we know what Colsey brings. He brings a hard-nosed edge. Like when him and Brodie Retellick were in that team in the All Blacks, it was different. They were real thuggery and just real rugged, and they just didn't take a back step. So I'm expecting Colsey be there. It's whether Kurt Eklund, has he done enough? Mm. Has Kurt Eklund done enough for the Blues to maybe... Flip the script and get an opportunity. We'll see, Samisoni
0: or Kurt Eckland. Hey mate, I reckon would be a great hooker, and a uh, like you know mm. forwards that can transition to rugby league. Mm. The, when I watch Colsey play, I reckon he can transition to a hooker in rugby league. Big Warriors fan, huh? Big Warriors fan. Mate, I I, I love watching him when he's on. Bring him home. Who is your (laughs)
3: hooker for the All Blacks? It's Izzy and Kempe's great selection. Our All Blacks 23. Who's your hooker? Double eight, double three. Get your votes steaming in. Ash Taylor? Sorry, Ash Dixon? Phil from Hastings? I mean, anything flies, apart from Paul Gallon. Send us a message. (laughs) Double eight, double three. Who is your All Blacks? How many votes did Paul Gallon get? Literally one <laughs> 29 away from eight Back with more of your votes After Araha with the News for Kubota Together we're shaping and building New Zealand S-E-N-Z <laughs> S-E-N-Z 26 minutes away from 8 o'clock this morning. Hey, Marin Cilic is going through to the semifinals. He uh, he had a great five-set tussle with Rublev and won on a tiebreak in the fifth. That's what you want at Grand Slam Tennis. Uh, if you're around the country, no doubt you'll be looking forward to SENZ cricket tonight, 12.60 a.m. down there in Christchurch. You'll be up all night, no doubt, watching along with, listening along, I should say, with Adam Collins Uh, and the whole entire crew calling throughout the night. We spoke to Adam Collins, and he talked about how Baz has already got the English media under his spell.
2: He gave a ripping press conference on Friday uh, where he talked about, I think the quote was, prepare like you're going to live forever, but live like you're going to die tomorrow. It was sort of philosophical from Baz, uh, and uh, (laughs) that that prompted plenty of headlines uh, in, in the weekend papers. So alongside Ben Stokes, you've got two sort of street fighters don't you in terms of the way that they play their cricket so it should be fun i'll tell you what
3: street fighters and that's so i mean that is he that is bears to a t isn't it that yeah like, yeah
5: that's his that's his mantra mate he just very inspirational pretty direct with his messages doesn't shy away from the from the tough conversations and um you know that's what you need from a coach a realist someone that's just gonna say it how it is and that's what bears does
3: so where are we at with the black caps 11 though Kane Williams in mm. front of media and gave a bit of an update on Trent Bolt Trent um, he's obviously a, a world-class player and um, we've got you know great variety in our bowling attacks so having a look at the surface and working out um, you know what we want to go with in that balance um, and who's all ready to go um, most are obviously Trent's one to, to look at today interesting so Trent Bolt not out of the equations mm. by any stretch. Kane Williamson, Adam actually mirrored what you said a couple of mornings ago, Izzy, about Kane Williamson and just going through a flat patch and, and we were talking about that injury and not playing a lot of cricket, so hard to get momentum. I thought that was really interesting. If you missed Adam, I would encourage you to go listen on Izzy and Kempy for breakfast. I'll try lob out my playing 11 here and see how close it gets. And it, uh, so much of this depends on what the pitch looks like tonight, so we're kind of in the dark. But Andrew Alderson, he's on the ground up there. New Zealand Herald, and he has confirmed that, to his knowledge, Daryl Mitchell was batting five, which is where mm. I had him as pegged as well. So I think it'll look like Tom Latham, Will Young, Kane Williamson, Devon Conway, Daryl Mitchell. I'm going to roll and put Faith again because we have, and this is what they do, in Blundell at six. Colin de Gronholm at seven, but they could be swapped. And I would play Colin de Gronholm as another bowling option. And this is mm. under the guys that Trent Bolt isn't playing. I know Tim Southey bats higher than Kyle Jamieson but I can never work it out. So I'll put Kyle Jameson uh, at eight, Tim Southey at nine, Matt Henry at 10. And for me, I think we learned our lesson play Ajaz Patel, mm. play a spinner. So I've got. AJS Patel eleven. That's where I'm looking at, is he?
5: That's nice. Nice. They bat pretty deep with Colin coming in and then Blundell who has shown signs of putting in a solid performance out there, but we just know what BJ Watley was able to do. So what was your strike bowlers again, sorry?
3: Uh, so I've got we've got Kyle Jameson, so he'll definitely mm-hmm. play. Tim Southey will definitely play. If Trent Bolt doesn't play, Matt Henry is in the side. Yeah. And then I w I I wanna see A. Patel yeah. play, but it all it is pitch dependent. It really is pitch dependent
5: they will play a spinner. We heard from Smithy yesterday that spin bowling is, um, you know, you need it at Lords with the, the way, the makeshift, makeshift or the makeup of the pitch. Obviously, with that gradient, he was talking about that can become a factor with our spinners. And AJS Patel deserves it. We haven't seen him pretty much at all since he got that temper over in India. Uh, obviously, been suffering with injury,
3: but this is an opportunity where we see him. What about Neil
5: Wagner? Is, is he a.
3: Oh, man, Neil Wagner. There we go. That's great. Well, Matt. What about Hen- well, I Matt mean, Henry or Neil Wagner. Well, this is the thing, you know. It's it's really unfair to it's unfair to leave um, Neil Wagner out because he's mm. done the job for us so many times. But on these English pitches, where Matt Henry can seam it around, so I know that's a tough call. Um, Tim Southey plays, Cole Jamison definitely plays, and that's where it's.
5: I reckon they'll go Neil. I was listening to Smithy when he had his call caller Tony on, it and he was talking about Neil Wagner and the and the competitive nature that he brings and brendan mccullum preparing for that obviously drops about five short out of six in every over but just determination and grit i reckon they'll uh,
6: yeah
5: it's hard to leave him out i feel
3: you know you're right it is hard to leave him out and uh, i'm not trying to be unfair he's a, um, one of my favorite cricketers of all time um mm-hmm. matt henry though on those surfaces yeah interesting and maybe that left arm right arm
5: situation that bolt and south they have
3: yeah, mm. yeah, no, it wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, so let's see. Wagner for Jameson says Brad. So is mm. Kyle Jameson the, the bowler that comes out? Mm, really interesting. Again, all, it's so it's so dependent on what the pitch looks like tonight. All right, Junior Williams from Eden Rugby Club coming up after this. Let's talk some club footy on Izzy and Kempy for breakfast.
2: Cold and flu relief. Get 30 tablets for just six ninety nine. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz.
4: You're listening to Izzy and Kempe. Kempi for breakfast on SENZ.
5: Yeah, that's right. Coming up to quarter to eight uh, on June the 2nd, a Thursday with Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. We're going to talk some rugby. This weekend marks a special occasion for Auckland Rugby. Eden Park has long been the spiritual home ground of sport in the 09. And this Saturday, it will play host to the Blues' quarterfinal game against the, Blue, uh, the Hollanders. Just down the road, Eden Rugby will be celebrating their centenary after 100 great years being a stable of the club scene in Auckland. Club President Junior Williams has witnessed a hefty part of Eden Park's journey, Eden Rugby's journey, I should say, to supremacy, and he's with us this morning to talk about the significance of this moment for the club. Morena, Junior. Ke moa, How are you doing, mate? It's a very special occasion coming up this weekend. You must be hugely proud of of the club and and where it's been able to get to.
7: Oh, mate, so proud of the club, so proud of the past members that, uh, you know, that started our club um, and all the uh, current volunteers that we've got working hard behind the scenes to make sure that this weekend is a successful, enjoyable one.
5: Mate, tell us about the volunteers. Uh, We we talk a lot about it on our show, the, the significance of the people in the back room, mate, doing all the hard mahi, but probably don't get the accolades and and uh, you know the comments that they probably deserve. Mate, you got a sounds like you got a pretty strong club.
7: Yeah, the um, the volunteers are the heart of our club. Mm. In fact, they're the heart of any sports club in New Zealand, no matter what sport it is. Um, they're the backbone. They're, they're the uh, the ones that you know spend the time working behind the scenes for the club. Um, you know, and when I talk about volunteers, I, I talk about uh, coaches, managers, um, even even the partners. Our partners are a big part of our voluntary group at Eden Rugby. Um, so yeah, I, uh, they're the real heroes here, mate. They're the real heroes. We're we're just the uh, the caretakers of the next generation, so to speak.
0: Kildaun Junior, hey Rushy Eric Rush, has he got anything to do with the, the uh, celebrations? A hundred years.
7: Mate, the legend Eric Rush, the legend. He's he's our guest speaker. Um, he, he's had a lot to do with uh, um, Dennis Mullins, as you know, is, is a huge um, influence in our club. Um, so um, Dennis had a lot to do with Eric back in his uh, younger days. Um, so no, no, he's uh, he's uh, been an MC. Uh, he's been a, a speaker for our club over the past. Uh, so we're we're so excited to uh, you know that he's uh, acknowledged the club and he's willing to come down and um, and talk. Um, talk to the club members on Friday night so
5: exciting oh, Yeah I've heard some good things about the way he uh, can really just make the crowd laugh and his conversations, his speeches are very enjoyable Hey uh, Junior, <laughs> today's a, a huge day in New Zealand rugby, the vote of Silver Lake deal potentially crossing the line, uh, Auckland rugby what what would something like that do for a club if that deal is passed how would that be able to enhance or, or help the club like Eden Park do what they want to do
7: well, I think it's a great thing as long as the you know as long as the finances are channeled in the right direction. But that'll mm-hmm. help our club greatly with our with our junior section of our club, which is we're really strong at the moment. we we've got 28 junior teams that are competing at the moment. the big the big plus for union rugby at the moment is our, our junior girls. Um, we have uh, eight eight junior girls teams competing at the moment from mm-hmm. all ages, from thirteens down to the to the eight and nine eight and sevens. So a real exciting time for a junior section at Eden Rugby. That is the future of, uh, of Eden Rugby and Auckland Rugby.
0: That's fu- the future of every sport junior. So let's hope that trickle-down effect actually works and it goes down to the right places within the sport like Eden Park. Just tell us a little bit about the celebrations that are involved celebrating the 100 years that you got starting this weekend.
7: Yeah, it, 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 uh, we've got a lot of members coming in from overseas all around Auckland. Um, some of our um, Gallagher Shield winning um, players uh, will be there The management team from uh, 2021 will be there um, We've got to remember a lot of these, these um, players that uh, you know brought home the Shield for the club um, Have been battling for six, seven years to, uh, to win the Gallagher Shield um, And having the support of the club behind them um, it has been great And I'm just so excited to see all these um, members off the past especially a lot of members that I played with back in the 80s, are all coming uh, tomorrow night. So, exciting times
5: for us for this weekend. Oh, mate, it's a huge occasion, and uh, it's going to be a pretty special moment for you to celebrate 100 years as a club, mate. Awesome, awesome uh, achievement. Bruce McLeod, Frank McMullen, Frank McMullen, Ron Ehrlich, Ron Dobson, among the All Blacks who have played for you. Anyone else that you potentially can see coming up? Who's the next Eden Rugby All Black, or Blackfern?
7: Oh, mate... (laughs) <laughs> well, don't forget we had uh, Lois Blackwell that was with us in 2017, 18. Um, yes. we, we currently have um, Angus Tavo, but Angus uh, became an All Black uh, playing for another club, but we still him claim as one him one of our own, <laughs> as you do. Um, yeah. and, and all the past All Blacks, um, the guys that made the All Blacks, they obviously um, you know went to other clubs and uh, became an All Black, but we still claim them as uh, as our very own. They started their footy at Eden Rugby.
6: Oh, hey Junior, awesome.
0: one question just before we let you go Alright, uh, in three weeks time About three weeks I think it is uh, Louis will correct me on that if I'm wrong We've got the final at Eden Park And Blues are playing the Crusaders Who wins? <laughs>
7: uh, mate, I'm, I'm a blue and blue Yes blue and yeah, blue, mate. You
0: never look that
5: far ahead That's the, That's the mistake they're going to make, Uncle <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: You heard it first here from Junior
5: Good luck, Junior. Good luck. Eloise Blackwell, hopefully she can uh, refine some form and get back to the Black Ferns, mate. Appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing that conversation. All the best for Saturday. 100 years. Well done. Celebrate. Celebrate well.
7: Thank you so much. Awesome.
5: Kia ora Junior Williams, president of the Eden Rugby Club. They are celebrating 100 years being... And club rugby scene, and awesome, awesome to chat and celebrate the grassroots rugby. Going to come back shortly, and I'm going to talk about the Christchurch situation, the Christchurch Christchurch Stadium debacle. Back shortly.
2: 10% of the Metamucil range at Chemist Warehouse, now starting from just eighteen sixty nine. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit
4: KoganMobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempy for breakfast on SENZ. Get
3: it away to Izzy's Bomb Squad.
5: February 2022, 2011, a day that changed the lives of thousands of people in Ōtōtahi Christchurch. A day where the heartbeat of Christchurch was only ever so slightly pulsating. A day that changed the landscape for years to come. Fast forward to 2022, and we have endured so much more than this historic moment in February that we as Cantabs will never shy away from adversity. We always look for the good, in the bad, an opportunity to build this city into the most beautiful city in the world, colourful and vibrant, full of energy and noise. And a big part of that noise was a fully enclosed, multi-purpose sports complex, which had been given the tick of approval in 2021. Finally, some reprieve for us, something to look forward to, an opportunity to give back to an industry that has suffered more than others' hospitality. This this complex has had the potential to provide a real boost for our economy, 25,000-seated stadium has endless opportunities. Look at Dunedin, for instance, the acts that they've been able to persuade to our shores. Yesterday, Cantabs were hit with another aftershock that the stadium costs have blown out by $150 million, And we have been left with three scenarios. Suck it up and bite the bullet and get this started. Alter the stadium to shrink costs or just stop the project altogether. What do you think? People may agree or disagree with me here, but I feel we as a public should not be punished anymore by incompetence of people who, if they have started this when they should have, we wouldn't be dealing with a shock price increase. Get this damn stadium started and built so we can start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, because right now, all we see is darkness.
6: Izzy's Bomb Squad.
0: Great, Izzy, and guess what? The Southern Bears will take a corner of that stadium. We'll help you pay the bills. We'll bring the NRL franchise down there, and we'll fill that 25-seater stadium when the Crusaders can't. That's yeah, a great.
5: It was uh, a great, yes, great talk. Thanks, brother. It's, it's man. Yesterday I was going to do something on the Silver Lake deal, but you know this this news, mate. We are just. Ah, oh, It's like always back and forth and all the situation. That's why this cost is blowing out to $150 million. The world is suffering. Yes, COVID, the war, materials, the cost has gone up. Inflation, yes, I understand that. But 2021, 2021, we could have got this sorted and we wouldn't be dealing with this. And uh, Jamie's coming on text machine. Hi, Izzy, I believe Christchurch needs a stadium, but why does it need to be so expensive? They could have easily done one like four side bar for half for about quarter of the cost from Jamie. Yes, Jamie, they definitely could have done that. Uh, for sure, they could. Have, right now, it would have saved them the cost if they had just started the damn thing. So, uh, yeah, that's my take. Coming up, we're going to talk to Jay Campbell this time. Jay Campbell is the CEO of Hawke's Bay Rugby. Today is a big day for provincial rugby in New Zealand. Silver Lake deal, will it pass or will it fold? We'll, we'll hear from Jay Campbell shortly. I'm going to go get a Cafe coffee now. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Is in Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ just after 8 o'clock, Thursday the 2nd of June. Kempi, Kempe, Kempy, Southern Bears. Anything to tell us about, about that situation? Anything?
0: 100% mate. 10 okay. o'clock today. The Ooh. consortium is being built and the wheels are in motion. O- oh, okay, okay. So you need a stadium. You need a new stadium for that? 100%. New stadium. Um. New. Well... The, Christ, the Christchurch bid um, and the Southern bid is, is going to be heavily um, built around the, the new stadium. We're, I agree with you 100%. Now, mm. councils, look, I've dealt with councils before in this type of, type of area. Mate, the, the reason why it's going to cost you another $150 million is because your councillors are just, what do you call that? Um, Say it, Uncle. Oh. Uh, look, they, they, they're putting themselves in a position where they think they've got a you know a, an ego that outweighs what a public opinion is like, and it's cost it's cost the ratepayers down across just another hundred fifty mil.
5: I uh, will tell you what would have cost one hundred. Posturing, million. they call that. Posturing. Orange Theory Stadium, scaffolding, sta- seating. The scaffolding seating costs an arm and a leg every week. To pay for that, if they had have done this age ago, they would have paid for the stadium and some warmers there as well. Oh, it's so good, Orange Theory Stadium, mate. That's the whole reason. I don't want to be sitting in the stands. I don't want my kids sitting in the stands freezing them, all, freezing in the in the cold. It gets cold down here. Anyway, I'm gonna read a message. Morning, boys. Is he spot on? Just get the bloody thing started. Building with a thousand seats minimum it's, isn't going to get any cheaper by delaying it any longer. That is from PJ. Thanks for that message and also remember we're trying to name our starting 23, our 23 to take on Ireland in June, June the 2nd, July the 2nd I mean, July the 2nd they are playing against the Irish in a three match series, games against the Māoris uh, during the, uh, the two weeks in the middle of the weeks um, leading into those test matches so we're trying to name our 23 today was the hooker, all three of us have gone with Cody Taylor, we want to hear from you on the temper bedpost text machine. Who is your hooker to lead the All Blacks against the Irish? we had a few. Samersoni Tuki Ahau. Uh, We've got Cody Taylor. Or would it be Kirk Eklund? Has Kirk Eklund done enough for you to warrant selection and maybe push for a starting position? Awesome. Hear from you today. Big day in rugby. Time for a McCafe coffee catch-up. And there's been plenty of it being drunk today as a stroke vote is made at New Zealand Rugby about the future of the game. You might be sick of hearing the word Silver Lake by now because there's no denying the process hasn't always been a pretty one there might have been endless hours of frustration from the parties involved but today the deal is at a place where seemingly most parties are ready and willing to invite American private equity into our national national sport Jay Campbell is CEO of Hawke's Bay Rugby and he's coming late he's throwing a curveball to our team and he's coming on the show right now Jay Campbell morning
1: Yeah, mōrēna, guys. How How are are you?
5: Mōrēna. We're very well. We're very well, mate. Big, big day in the sport of rugby, New Zealand rugby, provincial rugby. Where are you at, mate? How are you feeling?
1: Yeah, look, pretty good, mate. I think, um, look, the provincial unions have done, I think, we've done our due diligence. We've worked really Mm. hard to try and ensure that this is the best deal for rugby. Like, we we manage and, and... and um, run the game across the, the community game, and it's vital that we make sure that we leave a legacy for those that follow, both who play and administer. So, you know, it's, I, for, for some it's probably been frustrating, but I think we need to make sure this is the best deal for, for rugby in New Zealand across all levels, not just simply the, the, the top end.
5: So the current deal is a $1 million to each provincial union, 500000 to the Heartland team uh, unions, so for you, the million dollars, it's, it sounds like all good. You know, you're going to get a million dollars injection. What would this be able to do for for the union of Hawke's Bay Rugby? And how do you ensure that this million dollars is used and, and can prolong? You know, like it's not going to be washed up and, and we're going to lose that million dollars straight away. How do you ensure that it's been able to last for years and years to come? Yeah, it's, it's a really good
1: point. Look, first and foremost, you know, I, I think we need to probably explain that, that the rugby's not going to, it's not going to be the, the, the golden goose for some of the issues that are going on in rugby, right? So we've got issues, we all know, player numbers, the drop-off at teenage years, concussion, um, all of those are other different issues. A big pot of gold isn't going to suddenly, instantly cure those issues. However, um, by getting, and if we, we talk about Hawks play, a million dollars will certainly help shore up our balance sheet, and that's that's the first thing. Um, In terms of what is that going to be used for, I think it's really, really vital and important, and I think provincial unions understand that these funds need to be um, ensured that it's uh, a legacy for the union. So for us, we're already thinking around how we invest that, so therefore the clubs can benefit. You know, I think there is going to be some funds coming to the clubs, and I think it's really, really vital, and it's important because the The clubs are hurting. You know, you, you'll know. Um, all, all clubs around, whether it be in Dunedin or Auckland or, or in Hawke's Bay, they're all struggling. Be it in numbers, um, many of their infrastructure needs um, need to refresh. We need to make it a new, vibrant place that people can go. You know, we go back twenty or thirty years, and clubs were um, the, the hub of communities. You know, we just look about your club, Naked Pirate. It was a, a club that everybody, all whanau, all, all people in that community used to um, migrate to. We have got away from that. So we need to find a way that makes it appealing to all, to all, to all family, friends, to, to both male, female, young and old. So this is an opportunity to, to refresh and hopefully clubs can look at it as a way to um, reinvigorate the game.
0: Nice, Jay. I like the I like the words legacy. I like uh, how you've broken it right back down to clubs. You know, Hawkes Bay being one of the most successful, sustainable financial unions in the country. Have you thought about collectively working on a, on a mo- a model in the future that brings, I guess, a, that legacy fund. You know, a simple one I've, I've said this morning. Instead of taking a million dollars, why don't you leave it in a twenty million dollar pool and invest it in a in a um, a profitable I guess uh, fun that will give you the money for the future. Have you Have you guys thought about that? How do you know you're going to have those people sitting around a table that can make those decisions?
1: I guess first and foremost, the deal needs to be signed off in midday yet. Okay, so that's the first thing. Yeah. Um, uh, so let's not uh, let's not get go before the horse is bolted. However, that being that being said. I, I think that's a, a, a really sound idea, but we have got provincial unions where, unlike ourselves, where we are financially sustainable um, and our million dollars will be invested. There are others that will be will be needing that million dollars to pay down debt. There will be others that will be needing it to, to do other initiatives that they have in their own local um, community. So while on the, the, the sound of it sounds like a fantastic idea, I think each provincial union is different. And certainly... Um, those in the heartland, are um, already. I know some of them are already thinking about putting it into their community anyway. Um, so, yeah, look, I think there needs to be a responsible way of investing or using or utilising those funds. And I think most provincial unions have an idea now of, of what and how they're going to use it. Um, I think that what you're talking about also is going to be what the legacy fund is about. It's going to be quite a contestable fund, and and I know the provincial unions are been very very strong on the fact that that needs to be for the community game, right? That's not for players, that's not for going on uh, you know, uh, um, under-20 competitions or, or all these other types of types of things. This is for the community game. This is for the clubs, and Hauraki it's for clubs, and Invercargill it's for clubs, and, 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 and Hastings and in Inverc etc. So. Um, Hopefully, what you're talking about, that big legacy Mm. farm will then be an opportunity for funds to go to where it's really needed, which is in the community game.
5: Hey Jay, uh, I know uh, Hawks Bay to Rugby, they do a great thing with RDOs, getting out into the schools and trying to encourage school kids to go play club rugby or just play the game of rugby. we notice a bit of a drop off participation numbers, not probably not in our women's game, I know particularly in the men's side of it, so how are you what What are the things that you as a CEO as, as Hawks Bay Rugby Union are ensuring or doing to make sure that you are doing the right thing so we can get these kids back to playing the great game of rugby
1: Yeah well we've, we've, we've got a number of ADOs out on the road at the moment and they've been working mm. bloody hard um, out and our both in our junior clubs and our secondary schools, yeah, there are two, two drop-off points. One is kind of at about ninth and 10th grade, yeah. where it gets to, you know, the game starts getting a little bit more physical and potentially those that maybe aren't interested in, in putting their heads in those dark places that, you know, decide yeah. that rugby's not for them. And then again, at probably the teenage point of about 15. And some of it is, is a rugby issue. And that's without a doubt. And, and there's some real challenges in rugby. But I think some of the things that we talk about are also a societal issue. Um, and you know, rugby being the, the code it is and the profile it is, it probably you know gets a little bit a little bit of punished with a bit a, a bit brush. But, but the reality is, young 15, 16, 17 year olds have got so many more opportunities to do things than when I was growing up and when we, when you guys were, were growing up. And, and it is a totally different world now. So we've got to work hard at trying to find um, ways that we can get more people engaged in the game, whether that's mm. by playing. We're doing things here. Um, so as an example, we've got a team at Flaxmere College for the first time in 11 years, which is which is amazing. Awesome. I um, mean, who who uh, has recently retired, um, is, is an RDO, and he's working really hard in our co-ed schools. And we've also got uh, Dorian... Daddy who's at our, our local total immersion yep. school, they've got a young team that, that we've got uh, playing for the first time. They're playing on their own as opposed to part of the Ahuriri team. So we're working hard. We've got our under 85kg grade, which we started this year, which is four club teams. So look, we're working hard, but it's mm. not an instant, it's not an instant um, answer. And it's just something that I think Hawke's Bay has to keep working on. Um, this is a rugby province, as you know, Izzy, and, and we yep. love our we have our code here, and, and, and our clubs are working really, really hard to try and keep the game sustainable. But it's actually a, it's, a, it's a sporting province, you know, look, whether it's cricket or canoe polo or whatever people are into it. So we just keep got to keep working hard. Um, the funds will help because we'll be able to put more RDOs on the ground. We need to think about things like uh, coach coaches and working in and getting better coaching making sure that the people that are playing the game are, uh, are enjoying it. You know, yeah. there's there's lot of stuff out there around why basketball so successful. Well, it's inside, you're playing, you're touching the ball all the time. It only goes for 40 minutes. It's really quick. You don't have to mm-hmm. do 35 scrums. I love doing scrums, but others don't. So, you know, this is a... <laughs> Covered stadium in
5: uh, McLean Park, it's, eh? Covered stadium? What do you think?
1: <laughs> Mate... I'm not sure a million bucks is going to get there. You can
0: barely buy a <laughs> house. Um, yeah, look, I think, you know, yeah, sorry. Oh, Jay, I was just going to say, mate, um, a massive shout-out to you for coming on today before the vote at, at midday, you said, uh, to talk a little bit about the Silver Lake deal. I just, look, I want to go back to the Silver Lake deal, OK? I just, I, you know, for me, I'm a little bit older than the boys and, and thinking a little bit differently. How do you stop the cronyism? You know, so you get this money, you get a legacy fund, you put it all onto a fund, and then all of a sudden the cronies decide to step up and sit on boards. And before you know, before the ten dollars that gets put down to the club that you want to create all these RDO and all these programs, the ten dollars wilted down to one dollar because it goes through so many boards and and advisory groups and and systems and structures that um, wilter that fund away. Have the cl- have the the um provinces talked about that to safeguard that fund coming down to them in the in the in the entirety
1: yeah look there's been some discussion and i'm sure there'll be lots of uh uh media dialogue in the the coming days and weeks as as hopefully if this deal gets across the line um around what that looks like you know look we've we've been really the one of the reasons why we've taken so long to make sure this is right is, is exactly what you're talking about there, is around ensuring that the right people are sitting on that Comco board, right, who are distributing and executing the funds and where it's going to go to because there has to be people that have club and community rugby at heart. Uh, just going back on, in terms of things there is a major uplift in, in, in funding as part of this deal, which should, you know, there, there, most provincial unions now will have a lot more funding to be able to do that stuff. So there shouldn't be a crossover. But you're right, there needs to be some real uh, parameters and I I, I guess some rules of engagement around how the the, the Legacy Fund works. And I think that's probably the critical piece. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that we've been working on over the last four or five months to, to get to a place where we think the deal is right to rugby.
5: Jay Campbell, CEO of Hawkes Bay Rugby, mate, absolutely outstanding this morning for you to come on and share your time. You're a busy man. We appreciate it here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. All the best today. We'll hear more come midday, but all the best, mate, going forward. And go the Magpies. Big signing yesterday, Tom Parsons. How good? Well done. <laughs> <laughs> any more signings quickly? Just we you go, any more signings? Any more you got coming up? Anything else
1: you want to lead us into? Oh, mate, you know, we're, we're staying local. Um, but there'll be a couple of, couple of announcements later on in, in June as we head towards our first Shield game against South Canterbury on the, on the 29th. So, yeah, exciting times, mate. We're going to go and try and retain the Shield.
5: Never easy. Never easy, but Granville Shield Country, Hawks Bay. Beautiful. <laughs> Smithy sitting there. Smithy. Smithy sitting there in his room. He would have loved that, Jay
3: Campbell. Proud Hawks Bay, man. Good to chat with him. Well done, Louie. Yeah, nah, no, no, not me, Jay. You know, that, that, that being that forthcoming on a bit day like that, that is mm. a huge, huge round of applause. Um, that that's awesome, and just speaks with real clarity and real passion oh, and real uh, and honesty and honesty and just genuineness about the game of rugby. And hey, Hawks, it should be worth pointing out again. Hawkes Bay is one of the only uh, provinces, Izzy, that has been able to do it and be sustainable. And mm. they are, they are you know, looking like a good, there is lots to be positive about, but it's not through a lack of hard work. So you should be proud of your province, mate.
5: Mate, I I said at the start, they've got some beautiful minds in the boardroom, some very successful business minds. They have a real understanding of the world and how it's run and how this big company should be run and how they can remain sustainable. So, like, awesome work. Because that was my questions at the start of this, um, Ken P, was – yes, this money's all good and, and great, you know, going to get a million bucks, but that could just be dwindled down just at a blink of an eye. Yeah, How million, are they going to stain? How are they going to look forward to that it lasts for a long
0: time, legacies? million dollars ain't, ain't a, you know, when you, when you see put a roof on, they, he answered that perfectly. Well, a million dollars ain't going to do that. It's not a hell of a lot of money. The interesting part he said was that some unions are going to do it to pay off debt. Um, yeah. Look, they need to think a little bit better um, about how they do that because debt is always debt and they could probably grow a fund to pay that debt off in the future.
3: Yep, well said. 21 minutes past eight this morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. That was Jay Campbell, Hawkes Bay Rugby CEO. Again, a massive thank you to him. And today, is, you can't un, uh, we, we cannot overstate how big today is for a day. Lots of good feedback on Izzy's stadium rant. <laughs> Disgusting. Kai Bosch down there is he? It is so hard Mate, to walk. Throw your
0: head in the ring, it's is he down there so in Christchurch? So hard,
3: you yeah, go run for council. Go run for
0: council. Go <laughs> run for council,
3: Daggy. Uh, double uh, eight, double three. What well, uh, if you're in Christchurch? Only time I got political was I nearly got fined twenty grand, so I won't do that again. <laughs> Give us a call on the Kiwia <laughs> phone line, If you're down there in Christchurch. 12.60am. Give us a call or send us a message. How Out of 10, how right was Izzy with that rant? And if you disagree, that's fine too. Come give mm-hmm. it to him. He's going to have to work on his arguing, arguing skills if he's going to be a counsellor. Twenty two to the heart. <laughs> 22 <laughs> minutes fast eight. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day.
4: Listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. It's Harness Racing New Zealand Pacing for Purpose Season 2.
3: Yes, it absolutely is. Uh, and we need to find a winner. So we're looking at Cambridge, and I'm just trying to find the race that we're in. Looking at race number... Oh, the race I cannot find, but I'll tell you who we're back. And we're baking first class, nice run fresh up, and could improve. It's in the Junior Drivers Racing, racing at Cambridge. So $50, tier, a $50 bet via... Uh, hrnz.co.nz live the dream get involved with harness racing Cambridge awesome we track obviously we went there and conquered the race <laughs> and you can heavily bet on first class our profits will be going to the child cancer foundation each and every week we're dual winner first class first class service hopefully for the child cancer foundation get a little top up tomorrow night at Cambridge Raceway you can go find those markets when they're up at tab.co.nz Paul Mawati is on the line Morning,
8: Paulie. Yeah, morning, boys.
3: Morning, Paulie.
8: Morning. Well, well, well. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> right, <Paulie. laughs>
3: you alright, Paulie? Yeah, okay? I'm, I'm
8: I'm feeling really good. A, we've got this runner that's been very well backed. That's <laughs> me. Mm. And I, I'm reliably, I'm reliably informed. But it's named after Tony Kemp. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and you know yes! what? And I knew what. The CEO, because he lives in Wellington from Tuesday to Thursday, he's obviously been <laughs> in them offices, hasn't he, Paulie? <laughs> or is he sitting there right now? <laughs>
8: I can't reveal any names. I can't, no. But, uh, yeah, I've been told. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, very well back, Just asked Me, the Alan Shark train. Runner, uh, but let's talk NRL because there's a big game tonight. The Gold Coast Titans up against the North Queensland Cowboys. Tell you what, the Cowboys have been very well supported by punters. We had a five and a half thousand dollar bet on the Cowboys at a dollar 49, had a four thousand dollar bet on the Cowboys at a dollar 42 to beat the Titans tonight. Um, Very little support for the Gold Coast Titans, even though they put up a a big first half effort against the uh, Broncos last week. But the Warriors. The faithful have—they're still not—they're still not around. We've taken eight times as much money in the head-to-head market on the Manly Sea Eagles than we have on the New Zealand Warriors. Um, so
3: they're not so faithful.
8: I'm, I'm hoping not to, well. Maybe they're waiting until um, the weekend when they place their bets. So, I'm, well, hoping so because it'll it'll help balance the book. It's it's been a while since we've um, had a book where we were winning on the Warriors. So. <laughs> so yeah, just wait for that money to come in. Of course, we've got our Warriors Homecoming promotion as well. Just head to warriorshomecoming.co.nz um, to register and to place a, and to find out how to place a qualifying bet. Of course, you have to place a $10 or more anytime tri-scorer bet on any Vodafone Warriors player uh, on this weekend's match and then the next two matches also. And I can tell you right now, the best back warrior in that anytime tri-scorer market is... Where are we? Reese Walsh, who's paying three dollars to score a uh, try at any time. And then there were th- three players just behind him in second place. Dallin watney Zelezniak at 225, uh Sean Johnson at seven dollars, and Wade Egan at $9.50. They're the second best back equal players to score a try for the Warriors.
3: Appreciate it, Paulie. There we go. We'll go have a look at those markets. tab.co.nz. Download the TAB app today. Cheers, Paulie. Just ask me. So, Philadelphia <laughs> lawyer or Tony Kim?
0: Mate, uh, I actually went, I caught up with him just uh, not yesterday, the day before. We're talking about Bruce Sharrick, CEO. Yeah.
3: So he is in ownership, a brother of Alan, trained by Alan, <laughs> CEO of New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing.
0: Yeah, and, and him and Craig Innes said, you oh, know, they're talking about Just Ask Me. And he said, I oh, hear Bruce has given it to you about your horse, Just Ask Me. And I said, nah, mate, I'll get the last say because I'm actually on radio. So uh, <laughs> Bruce working down there, he's been oh. in to see Paulie Moarey. Is his opportunity to give it to me as a like mate, trust me, it's named after him. You wanna know <laughs> you wanna know anything? Ask the Philadelphia lawyer. 28 away from nine. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a lot of the news for Kubota together with shaping and building
3: New Zealand, then a couple of excellent texts here to get through. They're into stoppage time in the Ukraine versus Scotland football game going on right now. Ukraine leading 2-1. Uh, that would be a nice story, of course, although Scotland has just put a lovely through ball through, and they are hot on attack. Uh, we've got Roland Garris going on, Rude and Rune. Uh, Rude is one set up, locked at three each in the second. And we spoke to Jay Campbell, CEO of Hawkes Bay Rugby, this morning, ahead of the Silver Lake vote, just to get his read on things. They're a successful province down there. You could tell he's feeling pretty positive about it.
1: Look, the provincial unions have done, I think, we've done our due diligence, we've worked really Mm. hard to try and ensure that this is the best deal for rugby.
3: There you go. The best deal for rugby. That is really, really cool to hear from him. Uh, Obviously, he did make the point that, look, the vote has to go through. And I think if you read Liam Napier's piece in The Herald this morning, hey, there's some angst. And Auckland in particular, Mm. one of the larger provinces, Feeling a little bit worried about this. You can text us double eight double three for our great All Blacks selection. Who is your starting hooker? Yesterday, Ethan de Groot took the loose head jersey. Who's your hooker? Lots of votes for Cody Taylor. A couple for Takiahu. Um We've had one person say Kimpi. Good to hear you have joined the dark side. Put the eye patch on. That's good of you, Kimpi.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you Thanks, what. Adam. If Izzy's going to keep giving me tops, I'll happily wear that <laughs> eye patch. Oh. Oh. Cheap day, oh free daggy, <laughs> free daggy. <laughs> oh mate, love free. it, love it. Keeping... Oh
3: good. is he? What, yeah. ab- what about this text here? You, you get into this one, mate, because this is a passionate Christchurch resident. <laughs> I have to start with a little bit of a laugh,
5: and Smithy will be laughing at this as well. Love seeing Smithy on the other side of this. Is he? Oh, when is he posted? He was voting national on election day. What an idiot. He didn't say that, I just called myself an idiot. Uh, Anyway, boys, carry on. Boys, as a Christchurch resident, it just continues to astound me how incompetent our council is. they are blowing millions in cycle lanes whilst there's still roads stuffed from the earthquake. They throw millions at the town hall while stadium site sits growing weeds. They introduce rate increases for projects that are irrelevant, but won't ask to get a private sector to contribute to stadium. It's, distinct, it's disgusting, and I'm sick of it. We have now had 12 years of a scaffold jungle at league ground, and it's rubbish. And that's from
0: a passionate, passionate What's campaign. wrong with the league ground? Oh, no, no, it's... it's you it's, just took it. You just took it. <laughs> 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 Mate, it's not fit for purpose. That's what's wrong with it. We'll that. quite happily take that as our training ground, the Southern Bears. Yeah, yeah, that could be the training conference.
5: Perfect. So it's still got its role to play in this situation, but it's just that's used by date uncle it just needs to move mm. forward and at the moment we can't get any traction now the the budget's blown out to 683 million originally going to be
3: 442 and now it's just blowing out daggy Talk to me though, because the Razor Crusaders have turned the Scaffold Palace into an absolute fortress. That long walk out—what does it take you, like, eight hundred metres to get to the field? <laughs> uh, the freezing cold, the crowd, the, the stomping their feet and getting the scaffold to rattle—it's uh, kind of become a fortress. But do players still not really enjoy it, or do they not mind?
5: Oh, look, just to play, anyways. You know, does the, the stadium's important, but it's more about the fans and. And making it uh, easier for them. Like uh, there's stories of just situations that have gone on at games where fans are, you know, out in the cold, out in the, you know, you've, you've been down here in the winters oh, and yeah. how how the freezing they are. The the services, getting food and drinks, hospitality, like it's, yeah, it's just past. It's past. It's, it's been great. It, don't be honest. It's been great for the for the um, Crusaders, for League teams, the Warriors when they've come down here and played. But I just think it's time to move forward. And now we just had another standstill win. Uh, not surprised at all.
3: Well, I'm a bit surprised and I'm a bit worried because there's been a late push. Uh, actually, I would know why. It's because Aucklanders sleep in. So they're only just turning the radio on now. It's 20 to the 9. And it's been a late push for Kurt Eklund to skip the <laughs> uh, on the great selection. <laughs> double eight, double three. Are we actually going to end up with Kurt Eklund in the starting two jersey oh. in our team? Because that's going to be a Boy, real interesting look. This goes on votes, okay? This
5: goes on votes. And we've already got
3: Ethan DeGroote, he
5: took the vote yesterday. Now we're going to get Kurt Eklund out of nowhere is a starting role, and that's going to be posted on social media, and me and Kempi are fronting it. So please, come on, who's going to be
0: hooker? <laughs> J- is it Kurt Eklund? Is, J- is it Katie K- Taylor? Because you know that, eh? You know, that you, you know that's what they're going to say, They're going to say, mate, Izzy hey, and Kempe, uh, is he and starting 23. These guys are wackos. <laughs> wow. uh, Izzy, what are you doing? Hey, K- uh,
3: sorry, to Ken and JD, not having a crack, but I'm just yeah. a, I'm just a bit surprised. And uh, Barry Kempi. Morning, guys. Please tell Kimpy to stop putting the jinx on the Blues.
0: Oh, come on! That's Keep what, that, doing it, Kimpy. I love it. I will tell you what, the difference Favourites. between Blues fans and and the Kentabs, they can tabs own it. They own it. They've owned it all year. We are the ones to beat. We we know you're going to fold. They just mate. Got okay, tickets to on, the blues. final. Come on, Blues fans. Own Uncle, it. you're already looking at the final.
6: Mate, because I've owned it. I've owned, it. I've owned
0: it. I've owned it. You want to jump in a boxing ring, you're looking over at me. I'm going, I'm owning you. I'm not going to say, I'll oh, stop putting the jinx on me. You're looking at me too hard. Are you going to the funeral on Saturday? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm going to the final. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the under 85? <laughs> Both. At least we'll get one of
1: them.
3: Long-time oh. league fan from Christchurch Southern Bears. Out of the new stadium. I love it. Get it done, Kempi. I'll be the first to buy a season ticket from Tony. Good man Tony, and so many people would agree. 20 minutes away from nine. Hey, one of our favorite things to do. Round the grounds with Rainbird coming up. Let's get some results picked, some hot takes. All things sport after this on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast.
4: You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for Breakfast on SCNZ. It's the great Greyhound Racing New Zealand charity run.
3: for Child Cancer Foundation. Oh, Izzy's got a cat. That's interesting. Izzy's got, Izzy's got a cat in his studio. Uh, well, we're talking greyhound racing. I don't know how much you... What's your cat's name, Is Uh It's Bobby. I've got two cats, just two tabbies, and uh, Bobby and Marley. Bob Marley, they're brother and sister. Nice. Oh, love it. Well, I don't know if Bob Marley would love big-time Seattle from Box 8. Um, <laughs> I, dare say, I dare say Bob and Marley would be trying to get out of the way really quickly because big time Seattle is going to be steaming across from Box 8 tomorrow at Palmerston North Greyhounds uh, race 5 uh, it's a nice race actually it's a feature, it's a, it's a nice 457 metre race, C- C4 there's chances across, hopefully we get a little bit of value when the odds open up but it's Lisa Cole obviously they have their dogs ready to go and it has won 2 times run 5 placings from Box 8 previously from 7 starts so that's what we like to see for of course, Child Cancer Foundation yet again. grnz.co.nz. Go have a look at all the form there. Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Um, wow. Okay, I love doing this on
4: Thursdays. Yeah, yeah. Around the grounds with we'll Rainbird, the intelligent use of water.
3: Ah, let's just start at the top, as he. How good is that Crusaders team they've lined up?
5: Stacked. Absolutely stacked. Have you seen the reserves? Oh. David Harvey covering 10. You've got Jack Goodhue going into center. Told you, Marshy. Marshy, if you're listening, told you you're going to center. Not Braden. Braden on the bench. George Bridge. Tom, Mitchell Drummond. Tom Christie
3: coming off the bench. What? Tom Christie.
5: Wait, what's the best position for Ethan? Look, like, we've got to get into it. There's so much to talk about, but Crusaders. Have you heard. Um, Tate McDermott, eh? He's pretty honest. You see their theme this week, Uncle? Tate McDermott told the paper their theme. And what is state it? Of, state of origin, Queenslander. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Shock. Yeah. No, that's good on good on the Reds. We'll play the Crusaders yep. tomorrow night. Quarter final, 7.05 Orange Theory Stadium. Look, I just think they don't have enough firepower. I've been impressed with the Reds, but not in Christchurch. They have. I assume they've stayed there this week. They wouldn't have gone home. They've been here all week. They've been simmering away. Mandy's been—I
5: always Mandy massages all the opposition when they come over. Mandy's my uh, uh, my daughter's uh, godmother, and she lives out the back in a tiny home. So I always tell her, "All right, just push a little bit harder. Just push a little bit harder. Get into those
3: muscles. You know what to do, Mandy, and it always works." Well, Izzy and me know what we're taking. Kimpy, what do you reckon?
0: Uh, look, I I think they're too good. I think the Crusaders are too good. I think it plays out this weekend how, how especially as he's been there calling it all year how it's meant to. And uh, yeah, Blues get over the Highlanders quite easily. I think that's (laughs) just a given. Chiefs Waratahs
3: Saturday 4:30 PM FMG Stadium
0: Blues Crusaders final. Okay,
3: okay, (laughs) okay, Chiefs, Chiefs. No chance the Waratahs do something special. Nah, nah, no chance. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Brumbies Hurricanes surely, Brumbies yes nine forty five pm GIO Stadium Canberra. I'll be staying up. Oh, there might be a couple of funerals this weekend. Interesting. Mm. Uh, cricket Black Caps versus Bears tonight nine pm. SCNZ first test. What do we got? Is he? You're pretty bullish on the Palms.
5: Yeah. Hate to say it, but I just think yeah England. England going to be a clinical put on a clinical performance.
0: Yeah England. Kiwi. Yeah, I just can't can't get my head around Bez not um, having one of the, those... Fairy tales? Yeah, fairy tales. Great starts? great preparation,
5: Bez. Playing
3: on mm. a private golf course, he just missed me. I said, mate, you're a little bit of
6: Are you
5: doing any coaching?
0: It's cricket, mate.
3: <laughs> Look, we're the World Test Champions, and it's going to take a lot more than maybe one or two yeah. comings and goings to knock us off. I'm saying true. I'm riding the black
5: guest. Yes, <laughs>
0: Louie. Warriors Manly, Saturday, 9.30pm. Warriors I'm going Warriors too. <laughs> and ah. you can actually hear the call here on SENZ, <laughs> 9 o'clock on Saturday night. Me and, Ooh. me and Young Rabs are calling it. Ooh, Young Rabs. Young Rabs. Sammy Hewitt. Mate, the gate is open, Sammy. Put
3: your name forward, son. Okay, I reckon Manly win that one, but I reckon tomorrow 1pm at Chase Centre, shout out Pistol Pete, the Warriors beat uh, the Celtics in game one at home. Is he? Mm. Yeah, Warriors will beat them. Yeah. Nah, Warriors will the Celtics. Series.
0: Larry (laughs) Larry Bird's back Larry
3: and some racing to close us off Tabata vs Just Ask Me Just Ask Me by 10 Just Ask Me by how many? 10 I don't care how much it beats a bite just beat it, please. What about Ray race, race Stevens <laughs> versus Darcy LaBella? Being punted off the map in the race before at Fonganui. Darcy Labella, too good. Please. Just wins. Please. <laughs> Just wins. Please. Level on Berlin versus Let's Be Glam. Let's, Let's be glam. Be gam,
6: please. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, there's our multi for the
3: weekend. Nine minutes away from nine. That was around the grounds with Rainbird, the intelligent use of water. Please. Please. Nine (laughs) minutes away from nine. We'll catch up with Smitty after this. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To
4: kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.